Are you tired of nodding along at parties to conversations you really don't understand? Make it make sense with the KYW News Radio in depth podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Brian, did your kids have any trouble adjusting when they first started school? Ooh, Jay and Sabrina, how much time do we have on the podcast <laughs> today? I will say there was a natural adjustment period for them, but all things considered, they've been in school now for, they're in preschool, 15 months. Um, the adjustment didn't take quite as long as I thought. They got into the rhythm, the routine, uh, recognizing that there are more people in the world aside from them, I think pretty quickly, within about two months, which I feel is reasonable for a first-time experience like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. I know I have heard stories from my mother that I was a mess when I first started, particularly in kindergarten when we switched classrooms and had to go to specials for music or art or something like that. I was so into my routine in the classroom and I did not want to move. So I can understand how children who have been into a routine of virtual learning and being at home could have some trouble adjusting to the new classroom in person. And this happens all the time when kids start school in the most extreme version. It sounds something like this. She would have what symptoms of a panic attack. I mean, she couldn't breathe. She was crying. She she wouldn't get out of the car. She was holding onto the seatbelt. You know, like I would drive away in tears because of the full on emotional stress that it caused her. That's Katie Dubow talking about bringing her daughter Quinn to school this year in person for the first time. That's something that you might hear a preschooler maybe the first time they ever go to school talk about. But Quinn is in second grade. She couldn't really verbalize what she, you know, I'd say, why are you scared? What is wrong? What are you feeling? And she would say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, and they said during school she was fine. But it was really hard for us to watch her go through that level of anxiety about just what she has to do every day. Like, you got to go to school. It's not a choice. Now, one of the things about this pandemic the last couple of years, it's led to second graders like Quinn having had every single year of school they've been in disrupted in one way or another by the pandemic. March of 2020, when everything shut down, was when she was in kindergarten. First grade was mostly virtual or hybrid, and they really don't know what regular in-person everyday school is like. Today, we're going to see how second graders are handling all this. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. And our education reporter, Mike DiNardo, talked with some second grade parents and educators in the Philadelphia area to find out what this year has been like for them. And Mike joins us now. Mike, we've heard the phrase learning loss thrown around a lot over the last couple of years, and some teachers hate the term, but we can't deny that going virtual has done some damage to these kids' education. So where are second graders right now academically? You know, Jay, it's difficult to say with uh, clinical certainty because the standardized tests, the PSSAs, weren't given for the most part uh, last year. Um, So the school district doesn't have data to go on. But anecdotally and through the eyes of teachers and parents, uh, yeah, second graders started out the school year behind. Academically, we've heard a range. There are some second graders who have bounced back, others who are struggling. Uh, At the beginning of the school year, though, everyone was playing catch up. Uh, One of the folks we talked with was Kristen Wills, her daughter Penelope, 
uh, is a second grader at Avangrove Charter School in Landenburg, PA, out in Chester County. Kristen is also a reading interventionist there. Penelope um, was home all year last year, and um, that did affect her academics. Uh, she was behind in reading when we started school this year. If we're starting with a second grader who's really working in a first grade world, that's two grade levels you have to get them to till you know to get to this part of the year. So that's the challenge. Yeah, it's not just a a, a one and done. This is a, uh, that academic lag is something that teachers in in every grade are going to be watching for. At this point in the year, I see more um, of an academic lag, and that is everywhere. That is just something that as teachers, we're going to have to deal with for the next several years. In in second grade, they were dealing with things like the physical act of writing. Uh, When we were virtual, when they were virtual, of course, students were working for the most part on their screens. So when it comes to actually forming letters and writing words with good penmanship, remember penmanship, uh, they were behind. We talked with Hannah Levine. She's a second grade teacher at Hamilton Elementary in Cobbs Creek. They didn't have that writing instruction. So the stamina going along with that, for example, is something that I have noticed my students really struggle with in the actual writing piece. And another thing that Hannah said that she noticed is that these kids are really just learning to really work around and deal with other people too. We had a lot of big emotions over very small things. And I was kind of surprised by that. But then again, they hadn't been working collaboratively with materials with other students since they were in kindergarten. Sure. When she talks about big emotions, I mean, she's talking about kids who uh, haven't yet learned to do things like uh, share if if there are only so many crayons in the box or only a few sets of blocks. uh, Kids would uh, would would blow up and throw temper tantrums because they were just not used to dealing with other students during the virtual phase of the pandemic, uh, when it, students were learning from home, teachers told us that virtual learning in some ways led, led to better behavior among the students because uh, they weren't sitting next to each other, egging each other on or teasing each other in person. Um, but once kids all get together back in the classroom, they sort of re, they need to either relearn or to learn how to be uh, good social friends in the first place. One of the parents we talked with was Amy Kaufman. Her son, Gabriel, is a second grader at Starkweather Elementary School in Westchester. Uh, And she says that when he went back to school in person, they found that uh, Gabriel was just withdrawn. I don't think he has that social interaction. You know, I think that's what he's missing. You put him into a large group and I see him pull back. You know, he doesn't know how to put himself out there. Kristen Wills, again, the uh, the, the reading interventionist, uh, she said her daughter is still learning the rules of the classroom. She had a little bit of adjusting in terms of like raising your hand maybe and like when to talk and when not to talk and the normal things that you would learn. The, the routine of learning how to deal with other people uh, is something that these kids in second grade needed to needed to learn again. We talked with Dr. Jamie Banks. Uh, she is the deputy chief of prevention, trauma and intervention at the school district of Philadelphia. Uh, and she said that the socialization starts with simple things like 
understanding how to go about the school day. You go in, you know, a certain time, you, you, you sit down at a desk, you get up and go to circle and kind of to understand the flow of the day, like they didn't have that. And the teachers were trying to give them that. Uh, Banks told us that uh, there were teachers who told her in November and December that, you know, I usually have my classroom together by now, but these kids just they just aren't getting it. They need they need more practice. There's been a lot of turmoil at such a fundamental time of life for these kids. But we also know that kids at this age do have that unbelievable ability to actually bounce back from these things. But how can we help them out? We'll talk more about that with Mike DiNardo coming up after this. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. I'm Brian. And we've been talking with KYW's education reporter, Mike DiNardo, about the challenges that second graders are facing right now, having never actually had a regular school year because of the pandemic. It's disrupted their learning and social development, but Kristen Wills, the reading interventionist that we heard from earlier, says that she also sees a lot of strength in these young kids. While COVID did take a lot of things away from these second graders, I will tell you that they're probably some of the most resilient children that I teach. Mike, how do we foster that resilience? What have these teachers been doing and what else can we do to help these little ones recover and catch up here? Well, schools themselves have been devoting extra resources to second graders. And again, we're talking about second graders because this is the first real school year that they've had with an entirely, we hope, entirely in-person experience. Uh, So they don't have that foundation of what it's like to go to school every day for an entire year. So that's why we're focusing on second graders here. We talked with uh, Michael Lowe, the principal at Cook-Wissahickon Elementary School in Northwest Philadelphia. At his school, they are devoting an extra teacher to second grade. Another thing they're doing at Cook-Wissahickon and at, at schools throughout the district is they're having what they call morning meetings, what we used to call homeroom when everybody kind of gets together at the beginning of the day. But teachers are asking kids specifically, how are you doing? You know, we, we give them that extra time to um, to learn how to be in school. You know, it, usually second grade teachers want to come in and, and be ready to start the first day of second grade. And you already know how to do this because you've been in kindergarten and first grade. But this year they hadn't. I have an extra teacher working in the second grade, working um, with kids, you know, focusing resources in ways that um, will help combat some of that. Uh, And that sadly isn't just because of disruptions because of the pandemic, but of course with disruptions because of gun violence too, these morning meetings are focusing on uh, any number of issues. Uh, And it's something that it's not going to be over just this year. Um, We talked with uh, Dr. Jamie Banks from the school district, and she says this is something that the school district is going to be addressing next year, the year after that, and the year after that. We might see a couple things like this over the next couple of years in response to COVID as we're not done, right? We're, We're not done. And, you know, Jay, we talked about whether this could be a positive, whether these students will eventually be able to say, well, you know what? When I was a first grader or a second grader, we had to endure all online classes. I never got to see my friends. But you know what? I got through it. It's something that Kristen Wills and I talked about, uh, that maybe that resilience that she talked about in students uh, will be able to help them get through and, you know, and look back and say, you know what? We got through this. 
Yeah, you know, there are some uh, strange silver linings in all of the problems we've faced over the past couple of years, right? I have a couple of friends who teach second grade, and it has been a, a just ridiculous year. But at the same time, they're saying things like, you know, these kids are tech savvy. They have their own devices. It makes it easier to teach in multiple different formats. Or one thing I found really interesting is that they're saying the parents are more engaged than ever, which, you know, we all know can cause some uh, debates at school board meetings. But at the same time, it's really good to to hear that parents are getting involved in their kids' ed- education and that they're they're paying attention to it. They're working with them at home. They're just being more active in the community. And I think to that end, just speaking as a parent, you look for other ways to educate. Like, yes, I'm not, listen, we haven't set up seltzer school in our house, but you try and find and seek out opportunities as you go about the everyday things that you do to point things out, how to open your kids' eyes and minds to different things. I think that's, from a parenting standpoint, that's been a good challenge, a worthwhile exercise over the last two years. Last couple of years have been a test of everyone's resilience, but to hear it really broken down for these kids. It says a lot. And Dr. Banks is right. This is not over. This is going to linger for a really long time. And if you want to hear more, we'll put a link to Mike's feature in our show notes. KYW's education reporter, Mike DiNardo. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always good to talk to you, sir. Always a pleasure, Jay. And that's it for today. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. And today is not just the first of the month, it's the first of June, which is Pride Month. And tomorrow, we'll have a preview of what Philadelphia Pride will look like. It's going to be a lot different from what you're used to, and we'll hear why. That's coming up tomorrow, but in the meantime, in between time, try to stay cool out there and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you on Thursday.